Hi, I'm Jennifer Janish, owner of Adored Salon and Adored Signature Hand-Tied Hair Extensions. I'm obsessed with curly hair. I cut it, style it, and extend it, and this podcast is all about my curly girl obsessions that stretch far beyond just curly hair. Hey everyone, it's me, Jennifer, from Adored Salon, Adored Signature Hand-Tied Hair Extensions, and on here, the Curly Girls Obsessions podcast. Today, I'm at my salon. Again, like I was last week, I'm conveniently wearing the same outfit because I'm recording on the same day. <laughs> uh, this is just how it is. I'm learning in podcast world. It's best to do several in a row on one day because it creates so much momentum and once you start talking, you start thinking of new topics. I have tons of topics in my phone. And that is, you know, you at the time, I almost feel like whenever I think of a topic, I should just whip out this computer and start the recording so that I get the actual like feeling behind it, right? Like whenever you have an idea, the first moment of feeling that idea is the strongest moment that you're ever going to feel about that thing, right? So I wish that um, I would do that more often and maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see. But anyways, thank you for coming on. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify and just super excited and grateful to be here. So today, the other topic that I've been getting a lot of questions on is how did I come upon naturally curly hand-tied hair extensions? This is an interesting topic. At least I think it's interesting. Um, last week, I told you why I specialize in curly hair, how that happened, super exciting. And obviously, I've had curly hair my whole life. It's just kind of one of those things that evolved and came full circle for me with owning a hair salon and like I said having that curly hair so hair extensions this is where life gets really interesting and for me to say that with a husband four kids two dogs two cats a full full functioning salon with now we have like five service providers, including myself. I still work behind the chair. I I think I'll be 90 and still doing hair behind the chair because I just love that connection with the clients and the creativity. I really am not one of these salon owners that likes to step back and not do hair. I like to be in the thick of it. It, it helps me know everything and anything that's really going on and truthfully speaking with my team how I can help them to the best of my ability is to only be doing what they're doing on a daily basis and it is to me it's where my heart and soul is because it's so creative so hair extensions as I told you guys how I went into the salon after being in my house for eight years, specifically to take over another girl's clientele who had left the salon, I 
went and learned this curly hair cutting technique known as weedad. And I did that for the first year in the salon. The first year in the salon, I did not have any of my personal clients go to that salon. I still worked out of my own house one day a week and I serviced all those clients that I did from home, still at home. It was part of my deal with the salon owner. And I was in the salon two days every other week and two and a half days every other other week. So, or three days every other week. So it was like two and a half and then three, two and a half, three. And yeah, that's, that's just how it rolled in that salon for me. That was my agreement. So every other week I worked a Saturday. That was the add-on. Maybe it wasn't two and a half. Maybe it was just two, two and then three, two and then three. I think that's how it was, but I loved being in the salon atmosphere. And that is really and truly where I thrive. I love being around people that like to do things that I like to do. I like the camaraderie. I like the excitement. I like the talk. Um, it's just, it, it, if you've ever worked by yourself and then you go back to working with people, or if you've ever worked with people and then you've been forced to work from home, which I know a lot of people have been working remotely, you starve for that connection with other people. Even though I was doing my clients out of my house, I starved for the connection with other stylists that were doing the same thing I was doing day in and day out. So when I went back to working in the salon, and specifically only doing curly hair. I was like, you know, I really like the paycheck that I get when I work three days a week. And so I didn't want to step on the toes of this other stylist that was um, doing curly hair. Like each one of us as curly hair specialists in that salon, there was three of us. And each one of us had our own day in the salon to do our clients, right? But when we worked by ourselves on that one particular day, it was our day to take in whatever came for those curly haired clients. So that was a pretty nice thing. And I wanted to be in the salon an extra day, but I also didn't want to step on this other girl's toes. So at the time, feathered hair extensions became huge. It was, gosh, 15 years ago. So where does that put us? 2009. Feathered hair extensions are the rage. And I'm sitting at the front desk the one day waiting for my client to come in, thinking to myself, I really want to be here three days a week and then four days a week. And at the time in my life, also, my kids were, I mean, I have four kids. It's no joke. Kids are expensive. <laughs> and we had a big house. We were part of the market boom and crash buyers. We had purchased the McMansion and the McMortgage. So it was like, if I could work always three days a week some and every other week four, I could really be impactful. 
And the first year I worked in that salon, I brought in in service dollars, $50,000 in service dollars. And I knew the second year I wanted to double that. So in hair world, when you work in a salon, it's commission based. So a client pays and the stylist gets a cut and the salon gets a cut. So I at 50,000 was getting 50% of that and tips and whatever. So I wanted to do double that. And I knew that doing double that, I had to work extra. Now, granted, I did that in two days a week for 25 weeks out of the year and three days a week for 25 weeks out of the year. Like that was a really pretty amazing schedule to make that kind of money. We also make money on what we sell in retail, for the salon to a small percentage, but nonetheless, it's a percentage. So at, that was at the point then that I was like, you know, these feather extensions are all over the place. Hair extensions are kind of coming in more mainstream. The rise of Jersey Shore on MTV really, I believe, paved the way for the Caucasian community to start wearing hair extensions like it was nothing, right? So I told the owner of the salon that this is what I wanted to do. She, of course, was all for it. She wanted me to work there an extra day. She knew that when I worked, I produced, and it was to both of our benefits. So I went and got certified in Great Lengths Hair Extensions, which is considered like the, at that time, the Rolls Royce of hair extensions. The hair is from India, so it's super amazing. It's silky. It's just, it's, it's the Rolls Royce of hair extensions, right? And it is connected with keratin tips. What that means is that throughout the head, you would take quarter inch squares all over in a pattern. And you would connect that those extensions to that hair. And essentially, you use a tool that warms up the keratin bond and you fold it around the section. So like you lay the hair in it and then you fold the sides in and then you heat it again and you again fold those sides in, heat it again, fold them in, heat it again, and you roll it. It's so funny because just that motion hurts my thumb to this day. <laughs> it's a tedious process. And the extensions then stay in their head for four to six months. And then they're removed with a removal solution. And then you do the whole process over again. The hair cannot be saved. It goes away in the garbage. And typically an install with that type of me method would take me anywhere from six to... 14 hours, depending on whose head I was working on and how much hair I needed to install. In um, So then in 2017, I think it was, I saw this video on Facebook and it was by this company called NBR, Natural Beaded Rose. And it was this woman and she was talking about her life as a hairstylist and a mom and how much time she had to spend away from her family to make a really good living and how hard she had to work to make it happen. 
and that the entrance of hair extensions changed all that for her. And that she had created a method that took the install time down to two and a half hours. I was like, what? Did someone say two and a half hours? And two and a half hours or 14 hours, you're still charging the same amount of money because the hair is the expensive part of the install. So even though I thought that I was making a lot of money with the other extensions, if I took it down per hour on my rate after the extensions and after the commission, it was, I mean, it was a nice hourly rate, <laughs> but it wasn't like what it would be with hand-tied extensions if I could install it in two hours for the same price. And also, just like I said, my thumb hurt just making this motion. And I mean, when you're doing that day in and day out for anywhere from eight to 10 hours, like it takes a toll on your knuckles. And as a hairstylist, your knuckles are already like at this stage, 32 years and not many hairstylists really last this long <laughs> in the industry because it does take a toll on your body. You stand for all that time doing extensions. I could sit on a stool and do it, but my arms, you know, they're always up. And I was like, you know what? I want to go learn this. I got to get myself to California and I probably should take the stylist and the salon that already do extensions. I should ask if anybody else wants to learn how to do extensions and take whoever it is that wants to learn this method. Let's go and let's just kill it, right? Like, let's just go get it done. And so four of us went and we were in their first conference that they ever had. It was like, I want to say 75 stylists that they taught how to do this method. We had six weeks of pre-training where we actually had to get the technique down in muscle memory as to what we were doing and actually do a full install before even coming. And then at the conference, it was a really interesting how they, um, they gave us the mindset that this all was possible, right? They gave us the tools. They talked about a lot of different scenarios that would happen in the salon. They broke down a lot of hairstylists. It was because the days were long. I think the conference was three full days. Maybe it was four, but no day ever had an end time on it. Like you were just told to be there at a certain time. You were released for lunch to go get food. And then you were back in there until we were done. And then you'd go get dinner at like nine o'clock at night. It was pretty crazy. And it was, um, but again, there was a lot of stuff being covered and really and truly the hardest part of becoming an extension artist is creating the mindset that you're no longer a hobbyist. I've said this in my other podcast because I feel like that word reigns so true to hairstylists. A lot of the times behind the chair, we're guilted into pricing because of family 
or friends or friends of friends and you're like should i give this person a discount should i not charge them for this toner for so many years in my career i didn't charge clients for toners because i felt like it was something that i did in the lightning process that required a toner and it was my fault little did i know like the toner is the end all be all for your lightning service to last and look amazing and not just look like you slap some bleach on someone's head, <laughs> right? Like a toner in today's world is everything. And I still even think that we undercharge for toners because so much work goes into the toner. Usually now when I do a toner on someone's head, it's two to three different shades that are blended seamlessly together versus slapping on 10B all over and letting it sit for 10 or 15 minutes. No, you're formulating for the root, then you're formulating for the mid, and then you're formulating for the ends, and then you're painstakingly taking the time to paint it on ever so perfectly to get the most perfect lived-in gradient look. That just sounds like a mouthful to begin with, right? So at this conference, they were really smart about the fact that they knew in order to get the stylist to be successful, they not only had to teach them the technique, but they had to teach them the mindset in order to get there. So we went through that class and it really was life-changing, learning this different technique, giving me a different tool pushing me outside of my boundaries, pushing me to my limits. Again, if you heard how the curly class went, it was much of the same. Like anything that you're going to do new is going to be super uncomfortable for a while. It's going to take that season of hustle to figure out how to make it work right. And you're going to have mistakes. You're going to have issues with how whatever the technique is you're never gonna do it perfect the first go round. And if you are so lucky and you do it perfect the first go round, really and truly, it was a disadvantage because you have to fail in order to become better. You have to create those mistakes to figure out how you can fine tune and perfect your technique to master the skill. So we come back and it was really kind of comical. We lined up two girls in the salon for four of us to work on and we're totally like oh this is going to take us two hours no problem and it did not <laughs> and everybody who worked here that was getting this hair extensions done also had children so we had a hard stop at three o'clock to get these kids from school and half the hair was installed in their head so there it just goes to show you like you just like i said like you have to work really hard at perfecting that skill because you're never going to know it right out of the gate that number one big learning lesson to us all was that this is not as easy as it looks even though we did it on a mannequin it's 100 percent different on a human head of hair making the hair match and everything. So we start with the hand tied extensions and we start with our clients. We start installing this hair and most of our extension clients 
already got the extensions that we used to do previously. So like I said, they were used to Rolls Royce hair from India. And all the hand tied extensions that were out there at this time were from China. So the nitty gritty on the extension world, this is so interesting to me. There was this documentary out, it was called Just Extensions and you could get it on Amazon. And at one point it was also on Apple TV. I don't know why, but this documentary is gone. And it was so interesting. She was a girl who owned an extension salon in California called Just Extensions, and she traveled the world figuring out where the best extensions came from. So, of course, in her travels, China was the first place she went because China manufactures something like 95% of the world's hair extensions. But the craziest part is that India is the world's largest hair supplier because of what the Hindu religion believes as a pilgrimage. They will pilgrimage to their temples and they will get their heads shaved. It's like a rite of passage for age. It is something that they do as a sacrifice for better health in their family, better wealth, like anything that you could think of that you would sacrifice something for to get something better is why they do this and it's a part of their religion these temples employ 10 to 12,000 barbers in a day to shave heads that's how many people are coming in to get this done and it's not just women it's men and women coming in to get this done so india is the bulk hair supplier china is the largest manufacturer of hair extensions. So obviously China does buy hair from India and China also gets hair from inside China, but hair that's inside China is stiff and straight. And our hair in the Midwest has texture to it. I would say probably 95% of the people that live in the area that I live have some form of wave to kink. It's very strange to just have poker straight hair. People will often come up to me in like a restaurant and they'll tell me how much they love their hair, love my hair. And they'll be like, oh, my hair has this awful wave to it. And I wish I could make it look like yours. And I'm always like, well, you need to come into the salon and have me do your hair because you will be surprised what that awful wave actually looks like properly cut and styled. And it also is true that 87% of the world's entire population has some form of wave to kink to their hair. Okay, so wave to kink in the hair and straight hair extensions. It doesn't work. It really doesn't work. So our clients were like, this hair, I... Several times they said, this hair feels like a horsetail. It's so stiff. It almost hurts my back when it touches it because it's not soft like my hair. And I was like, shit, shit. I just spent all this money for the salon to go to California and learn this technique. The class alone was expensive. 
let alone staying in California, eating in California, like the whole thing, right? And I'm going to get screwed because the hair sucks. And so in China, they do get hair from the Asian population. It is a thing in China to gather up the hair that is on the floor, pull it out of the brush, swirl it up into like what would resemble an SOS pad and take it down to the market and sell it, the hair market. They sell it per weight. So that's what gets done. And then there's people who donate their hair. I don't know how their entire collection process works, but then once they get this hair, they take it to the factories and because it's swirled up, they don't know what hair has come out of the scalp and they don't know what hair is the ends, which this with hair extensions is crazy important because every strand of hair has what's called a cuticle. It is the outer layer. The cuticle will look like a pine tree, right? Like it just goes down like that. If you can envision a pine tree and how the branches go, you know? And so then if you put side by side, a strand with the top would be from what came naturally from the, the top of their head and the ends at the bottom. And then you put next to that a strand that was the bottom was tied up here and the this part was at the bottom. If you can imagine what those branches or the cuticle what is going to happen with those two side by side? It's going to create friction. It's going to give it like a crawl because it will crawl on top of those cuticles and it just creates a lot of chaos. So the first thing that they do is they throw the hair in what's called an acid bath and they strip off the cuticle. Then they lighten it. Then they color it right? So they lighten it with a lightener, bleach, and then they have to put the color back into it to get the particular shade of brown, red, you know, medium brown, or even blonde, the color is toning it, right? So they put, they lighten it, they put the color back in it. And then because they've gotten hair from all these different places, they have to create a consistent wave pattern. So then they use a chemical to create that slight wave, beach wave, curl, and so on and so forth. And then once that is done, then they coat it with silicone so that it actually looks shiny because a cuticle is what keeps your strand of hair looking shiny if it's not over-processed. So then you learn all of this and you see it, right? And it's like, gosh, there's so many processes. There's also, too, a process to create curl called a steam perm. And exactly that. They use a high heat with a steam to create a permed curl within the hair extensions. And the only benefit is that it's not a chemical, so it's not drying the hair any more, drying it out any more than it is, you know, it's just in its state, unless the heat gets too high, I guess. But then it doesn't last as long. So 
now you've got all this information. My salon is a curly hair salon. So we try out permed hair from China. It was even worse because the perm textures, they tell you to mix multiple textures to create a natural look. A perm texture does not look like naturally curly hair. A perm texture is the same consistent wave pattern all the way through, whereas naturally curly hair could have multiple different curl patterns throughout. So even though you mix them to create multiple different textures, it sounds logical, but it's not logical when you start the proper process of blending those extensions and cutting it. As you cut it to blend, you cut away one perm texture to expose another perm texture. And maybe over here, you didn't cut as much because of the way the natural hair was laying and it didn't need as much. And you've got another texture on the right side that's totally different from the left side. And your client's like, uh, what is going on? It's very scary as a stylist because you're charging quite a bit of money for these hair extensions. They better look amazing, right? So the permed extensions did not work for us. And then in this movie, back to the Just Extensions movies, movie, she goes to India and she tours the temples. She watches as these barbers literally like they cut this hair with like a straight razor at the scalp. It is just unbelievable to see. And they ponytail it all together as one. So then when it goes back to the manufacturing factory, they know all of what was from the top and what was the bottom because it's all ripped together. They take that hair and they painstakingly take it apart and then they sew it onto cloth so that they know how it stays, you know, how it's supposed to be at the top of the head. And they lighten it and then they put the color back in it, but they never have to remove that cuticle because they know what came out of the scalp and what was the ends. Sorry, I'm moving a lot. I just, I need to get comfortable. I'm sitting in this chair. And so they know, so they don't have to go through the process of removing the cuticle, which is kind of like a hair killer, right? And they can do the lightening process and it's not going to destroy the hair because the cuticle is left intact. Remember I called it like the shield of armor, the barrier. And Indian hair is softer and finer, and it already has some form of texture to it, typically. Can you find straight Indian hair? Yes, you can, but it's in remote villages, and it's harder to get. It is easier to get Indian hair that has texture already built into it. So right then and there, I knew and after my past experiences with the other brand of extensions that we did, I knew that if I wanted to do this method, I had to find Indian temple hair. Okay, so I started the search and I found a supplier and it was amazing. Like the guy, I had to Western Union him money because he had to wire it. The first time 
I wired money. It was like $300 for samples. It's like three wefts or something. I can't even remember. And I said to my husband, I'm like, I'm super nervous about this because I have to wire this money. And what if I don't see it? And my husband was like, Jen, you've been losing so much money because you've been having to refund for shitty hair. I can't even believe you're questioning $300. Like just get it done. So I wire the money. The guy at Walgreens Western Union was like, who are you sending this to? And I tell him the story. He's like, okay, girl, whatever. Less than a week later, or no, it was probably like a week and a half later. I go back and I wire around $1,300. And he's like, are you sure that this is going to a person and not like some prison? Like, that's just weird. And I'm like, no, I, I got the hair. And so we get this second order and it's just as amazing as the first. And, um, and then I do a third order, which was like $2,700. Now the guy at Western Union is really looking at me cross-eyed, like you have lost your mind, chicky. And then my supplier, the person who I had found was like, listen, you cannot keep ordering from me like you're in a grocery store. You cannot order the can of Coke. You got to buy the whole display. And I was like, oh, scared out of my mind because now the salon as a whole could not support me doing a full wholesale order at that time. And I was like, this is going to require me to turn this into an actual business. Part of me was like, well, if you're struggling with this, so many other people are also struggling with this. So it should be easy. And that's where the buck stops. Nothing's easy, like in business. I mean, everything is a learning lesson. Everything is loaded with a lot of awesome failures. So you figure out the right thing, right? Like, so yes. I then, I remember so distinctly talking to my coworker, Jackie, and another coworker that worked here at the time, and like trying to figure out how I was going to do this. And it was very clear that I needed to take out a line of credit. And I went to the bank and they were like, oh yeah, no problem. You've been in business now for like six years. So of course, you know, tally up your assets, bring that back. Let's get this process started. It should take four to six weeks. Okay. I tally up all the assets in the salon and the assets were more than double what they were willing to give for a line of credit. So I was like, oh, this slam dunk so easy. No, again, not easy. This also is one of those things that I don't know if I'll ever let this go because the business had used that bank always, we still do. And the business produced a lot of money and the bank, I mean, yes, I'm sure I was not their biggest customer over there, but we were making deposits all the time into that bank. And my line of credit did not take four to six weeks. It took 11 weeks. And the final thing on the line of credit was they made me get my husband's signature 
and the paperwork because they were worried that the business would I don't even know, right? Like the business was in, is in my name for whatever reason, like you can only have one owner of a business. So unless you have a partnership, I don't have a partnership. It's in my name. And that just irked me. Like what century are we in? How many women do business? And I needed to get that in order to get that line of credit. It was just like, it kind of felt like a slap in the face. But again, a learning lesson. So needless to say that we started and we were getting in this hair. The hair was just, was gorgeous and everybody loved it. Why did everybody love it? Because hair from India is finer, softer, and has body and texture to it. And it is most similar to American hair than to say what comes from China. So it was an awesome thing. Business was really crazy busy in the beginning. And then the roadblock the bump in the road came is that a lot of stylists who had purchased our textured hair had no idea how to do textured hair extensions. And I was like, oh my gosh, how do I fix this? I would spend, I would work behind the chair. At that time, I worked a lot of hours in the salon. I worked three, like 12 hour days and one five hour day. It was, I worked a lot. I'd work behind the chair, I'd be tired, and then I'd come home and I'd have another two to three hours of messaging back and forth with clients of stylists who wore our hair on how to style their hair, what products to use, how to properly detangle. And I realized I needed to create training videos for these stylists. So our business started in October of 2019, the extensions. And I created the training videos starting in January of 2020. And we all know what happened in 2020. By the time I finished the videos, it was the week before the world shut down. And I, I released them and they, they did okay. I did have quite a few stylists message me over COVID asking if they could have them for free because of what was happening. Um, I never did give them up for free. Second, I also had a lot of stylists that were in states that didn't shut down. So the good thing was the extensions carried the salon through COVID. So that was pretty amazing. I could not be more grateful that I had them, but what was to follow was a lot of chaos. India shut down over three times because of COVID. They were put on lockdown. And India's lockdown was so different from ours. Like they were told in India, a lot of people, you know, they have their family life and a lot traveled to the city to work in factories for the week. And then they go home to their families over the weekend. So a lot of workers got stuck in the factories because you could not be seen out on the roads. Like, I mean, it was just like, as it was just such a crazy time for us, it was really crazy for them. And that really and truly caused a lot of hindrance to the business. 
not only was India shut down, but they shut down the temples permanently for something like 10 months because they did not want all these people going to the temples. So the good news was there was a lot of hair stock from before, but it only lasts so long. And because I wanted curly, it was not as desirable for people to purchase curly from them. So it wasn't like they had a ton of curly readily accessible. And the supplier that I had, him and I went through our ups and downs more than we, we went through downs together more than ups. Just helping create the product because India is the largest manufacturer of hair, but, or exporter of hair, but they're not the largest manufacturer of hand-tied wefts. So with the supplier, I went through these, uh, it was like I'd have a massive order come in and it would be missing a stitch. And three weeks later, I'd get a call from a client that had had it installed. And the stylist would say like, the, it's looping, it's getting tangled in her hair. And then it was like, then I'd go back to the supplier. He would tell me that it was my fault. Like there was so many times that I was left questioning, like, why am I doing this? One time when I had placed a full order for curly hair, this was as little as, this was the last order that I had to have with that supplier. At this point, I knew things were going downhill with him and I had to find yet another supplier. And I had to go through the process of creating the perfect hand-tied weft. So that supplier and I started conversing six months prior to this order that I had gotten that should have all been curly hair and they didn't have it. So in India, they tried to permit and we get this order, the shipment in, and uh, we open the box and the girls are like, oh my gosh, this hair looks like King Kong hair. Like it is so matted together. It's just a it's a nightmare. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to get through this. This is not a product that can be salvageable. And so every time one of these screw ups would happen, you're not just talking like $2,000. You're talking like forty dollars to $65,000 worth of hair sitting in this box and you know that it's all jacked up. And why did this keep happening after COVID? Well, after COVID, in India was like every time that my supplier would put down roots in a factory, it would get shut down. And then a whole new workforce of people came in and my supplier was also not one of the nicest people in the world. And there was one time, I don't know if this is true or not, but they did tell me like their bleacher had come in from another factory and sabotaged the entire order that they were finding out after the fact. Hence, and I had that hair. So it becomes really risky business when you're wiring money for this hair and then you tell them that their product is wrong and in order for them to get the hair back, they have to pay duties on it coming back into the country. 
And so, and not only that, then I'm asking them to resend me new hair. It just, it did not go well. <laughs> and that was why I had a second supplier waiting on me to start with him because this other supplier, there had just been so many things, ups and downs that I wasn't willing to continue to go through. And when I tell you like ups and downs, like it really and truly was ups and downs. Um, it was, it was so stressful. I think it was more stressful than the salon being closed for three months during COVID dealing with him and the volume of money and goods that were supposed to be given to me for it. And the fact that because in India, there's such a hierarchy in the community and he was well off. So he was like kept away, couldn't go to the factory or he chose not to go to the factory. So then he wasn't overseeing the work and things were falling through the cracks all the time, all the time. And that's like where this terrible hair came. The stitch wasn't there, like so many different things. And it just, it fell apart. So thankfully I had had this other supplier waiting in the wings because trying to find someone who can create hand tied wefts in India is literally like a needle in the haystack. It may even be like the tip of the needle in the haystack because it's just such an art and a craft and it's hard work. Like they're literally tying strands of hair around a string and they're lightening it perfectly. Like there's so much process that goes into creating the perfect hand tied weft. Sorry that you're hearing that phone. I forgot to shut off the ringer. Um, that it just, it's a process. So I started with the new supplier and things have been amazing. I haven't had any issues, knock on wood. He is just someone who really wants to please me. And that is great because that's how business is. When someone is paying you for a service, customer service should be everything and the perfect product should also be everything. So now we sell to stylists across the US. We even sell to Australia and Germany, the UK, um, Canada, and I think Mexico too. I think we've sent, yes, I mean, it's everywhere. And it only is going to grow because like I said, 87% of the world's population has some form of texture in it. So why does that make my extensions different? Okay, I told you that 95% of the world's manufactured extensions come out of China. The hair is straight. So my tagline or my motto or my mission is like texture matching is just as important as color matching when it comes to hair extensions. It's crucial. If you, it's, for instance, today I'm looking forward and in front of me is two big windows in the salon and it's pouring rain out there. Not that I'm going to let my hair get caught in this pouring rain because that would be 
detrimental to the style that I took forever to create this weekend. Um, but the humidity from that, even if I had a blowout with straight extensions in, my natural hair is going to fluff and swell and it's going to resemble a mushroom. Uh, that does not sound desirable at all, correct? And the extensions, straight extensions, lay flat, curly extensions are full. And because of this, it's even worse when you step into humidity and you've got curly hair. Your curly hair gets full, the extensions lay flat, or one of the girls here, Chloe, always calls it the jellyfish. Like if you have crappy extensions, they just, not even crappy, but like if the texture doesn't match, it's going to be so obvious that the extensions don't look good. And the other part is too, is if you put in permed extensions in naturally curly hair and you walk into the humidity, permed extensions don't have that natural frizz. Remember, permed extensions are straight hair that is permed. So again, it's not like it's not likely to react in humidity like naturally curly hair and naturally curly extensions. It's just a totally different product. So that's how I started my hair extension line was there was definitely a need out there for it, specifically within my own salon with all my clients. And I knew that the world needed more than what was just out there, which was the equivalent to our subtle body, which is our lightest texture. And then dealing with the permed extensions. All of our extensions are naturally curly. There is no chemical perms or steam perms on them. All of our hair comes from India. It's super soft, super flowy and bouncy. And yeah, they're just pretty awesome. I keep looking over to the side because there's just, I'm gonna show you. There's a bunch of extensions that are just hanging there waiting. Well, these top three are showing all of our textures. Our subtle body is right over. It's, I could get it in the camera, right? It's the one furthest to the left, then beach wave. And then all the way on the right side is curly. And those are the textures that we have to offer. They're pretty awesome. There's nothing out there like our hair. A lot of brands have started coming out with neck they say curly extensions, but they are all from China and they are all permed. So that's what sets ours apart and makes them amazing and awesome. But it has also, like I told you before, when I created the virtual training, I also had to create in-person training. And I was super excited to do that after COVID. I told you I'm a people person. I love to be around people. It gives me energy, it lights me up. So I started doing one-on-one -on -one in-person trainings on curly extensions and everything about curly with hair extensions. And that's been awesome. We now are starting to venture into the thought of going to host salons in other states to showcase our product and teach um, in a group setting about our curly extensions and everything that there is to know. Again, it's one of those things I never thought my career 
would go there. I never thought I'd be doing all of this. I was the hobbyist hairstylist. I I wasn't in the beginning of my career, but I could tell you that when I had my kids and I was working out of my house, even though I said I kept it professional, I did kind of treat it like an extra add-on. I then, when I went back into the working world, into the salon was where I became that true hustler again. And, and I say that in the best way. I love that word. I, I think it's, an amazing word. It showcases how hard you're willing to work for something. And when you own something, you're really working hard for it when it's your business. And in a salon, each hairstylist is their own business within a business. You need to learn how to hustle in order to build a clientele. You are always in sales. Even if you're not a hairstylist, you're always in sales. You're always selling yourself, even if it's, you know, when you're in second grade on the playground, when you've had kids and you're in a mommy group, like you need to be personable and you need to be able to sell yourself in order to just make a living and have a good life. So yeah, I don't even remember where I was going with that. But regardless, oh, going back to the education and where I never thought my career would be. So that's where we're at now. We're working in the salon, we're doing the extensions, curly hair, curly hair extensions. We still do straight extensions. You saw all those textures. We do, it's just, it's, it's awesome to say that this career has given me so much more than I ever dreamed it would. And it has given me a lot of things to think about because I talked to so many different people, which has created this podcast, The Curly Girl's Obsession. So guess who is coming on here next week? One hint. She's the ultimate curl queen. Super excited. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for spending your time with me. I'm super grateful for you. Super grateful for the follow. Super grateful for the rating. Write me a review. Send me a DM on Instagram and let me know what topics you would like me to cover. Send me an email at um, jennifer at adoredhairsalon.com and I'll get that. I really want to hear from you. I love interacting with everybody. It is definitely fills up my world, fills up my heart and makes this whole thing go round. And I want to share more of everything with all of you. So if you want to follow me on social, Jennifer underscore Johnson underscore Janish on Instagram, and that'll lead you to all the other businesses in my bio. And yeah, see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope you have an awesome rest of your day.